Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. As we often like to do, we want to make sure for clarity that we're defining things appropriately in a way that people understand. So we are using the word consumer, which implies products and services being sold directly to the general market of people. But we want to just make sure that everyone listening understands it still applies to B2B customers as well. So we're going to use the word consumer for simplicity, and we'll call out nuances based on B2B, but we just wanted that to be abundantly clear before we get started. Absolutely. And before we jump in, we want to introduce our guest for this episode, who is an expert at consumer definition and engagement, Jennifer Canopel, Senior Director, Team Driver and in Industry Communications at NASCAR. Hey, Jen, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, Jen. Hi there. How are you guys? Um, yeah, my name is Jennifer, and I uh, am a 15-year sports communications veteran. Um, so I've been at NASCAR for about four years now, and in that role, I essentially lead the strategic communications across all of our teams and drivers, um, just to make sure we have you know cohesive communication and alignment. Um, you know, before that, I, I worked at a PR agency in New York City for nearly 12 years, um, leading sports, entertainment, lifestyle, marketing events, etc. So, been in this game for a little bit too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and she's not really explaining the fact that she led some of the best communication events ever because we did we did them together so that's why so me and jenna go way back (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's jump in to the four techniques for defining and engaging your target consumer so the first one describe your consumer in terms of psychographic attributes as well as demographic ones so psychographic ones are beliefs behaviors values opinions attitudes interests and lifestyles Demographic is age, gender, race, household income, and marital status. People have the tendency to really focus on the demographic, but they don't put enough weight into the psychographic. And well, let me tell you why it's important through an example here. So in 2007 in San Francisco, Brian Chechki and Joe Gebbia needed extra cash for rent. So they noticed all the hotel rooms in the city were booked for this industrial design conference that was going on. So they bought a few airbeds and put them on a site and called it Air Bed and Breakfast, and they charged $80 a night. The first three guests were a 30-year-old Indian man, a 35-year-old woman from Boston, and a 45-year-old father from Utah. So even if you just look at that from their first three guests, (laughs) there is no demographic continuity within those at all, right? So if they had just set up, hey, we're looking for a certain demographic target, they totally would have missed what became Airbnb's target consumer, which is somebody that's adventurous, experiential, extroverted, open-minded, opportunistic. This became the lifeblood of their company, not the fact that they were trying to identify a certain age range or a certain um, you know, male or female. So It's really, really important to think about what the psychographics are of your consumer in order to make sure that you are not ruling out a certain potential target that could be really great for your business. And I know, Jen, NASCAR is fantastic at this. And I know you guys are going through this kind of this transformation. You always are with regards to how do you build more of the psychographic approach versus just a demographic approach. Can you share some? 
Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it and, you know, we've we've kind of had a, a stigma for a, a little bit here that, you know, we only appeal to certain audiences and in, in the South. And, you know, that's that's ultimately not not the case. Um, it's a very wide ranging sport that appeals to a lot of different people, um, you know, psychographically and demographically. So we really dive into, um, you know, what are what are. Um, you know, fans' interests. What are they looking at? What are they? What are they doing day to day? Why do they have an interest in the sport? Um, you know, as of you know, last year we've obviously had some very difficult times, but it's it's changed the sport really for 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 good. Um, we've started to really open up the sport to brand new audiences, um, and we we've done that you know a number of ways. We have a number of new owners that are that are young and diverse and interesting and fun. Um, you know, one of our owners is Pitbull. I mean, Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Another one is Michael Jordan. I mean, oh my it, gosh. It, it, it doesn't get bigger than that. Um, so, you know, bringing that, those fan bases into the sport, just through the audiences that those individuals have, um, is proving to really show more interest in the in the sport. You know, um, I, I, I sort of joke about the Pitbull reference, but Pitbull's whole motto is like, you know, going from from nothing to something. And he has this school called Slam down in Miami, and kids that like, you know, they're they don't have a lot. They're they're not coming from a ton. And you know, typically in a, in a in a normal world, like they may not see or have an interest in a sport like this. And yet, you know, he's, he's opening their eyes and they're coming to these sports and it really is a whole new fan base. Um, so we've been really, really trying to be inclusive. Um, you know, there were a number of events that happened last year and we've made a, a strong plea and a strong um, drive to just have more diversity and inclusion throughout the industry, whether that's, you know, making things, you know, more open for, for children and folks of diverse backgrounds and really learning about them. Our DNI team and our research and insights team has just done so much work in the last year and a half to try to get a better understanding of people in general because it's it's just so wide ranging. And I think, you know, the, the really great thing that we've been able to do is, you know, we don't, I, I wouldn't say we have a target audience. We're really just trying to be inclusive and, and, and include everybody that we possibly can to come to a racetrack and watch on TV and, you know, don driver apparel. <laughs> well, and I think that is so interesting, you know, so Anne's closer to the NASCAR f folks than me, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but to have people like Pitbull and Michael Jordan on your roster, and I know, obviously, kind of the stigma that used to be about who NASCAR was for, and you don't necessarily want to target specific people, but you have to have some sense, right, of like, how you're deciding who to go after or sure. why is Michael Jordan an investor? Why is Pitbull, you know, can you talk a little bit about those choices? Because I think, I know there's a lot of work, like you said, that's been done behind it and how that all came to be. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's, there's still, you know, the target to those, um, you know, middle-aged, middle-aged men, um, younger kids really trying to get them involved. Those that really watch, watch the sport. Yeah. Um, the focus is on them. They've, they've probably been involved and been watching the sport, um, you know, from the time they were little, um, you know, I can kind of speak to my family and, you know, my dad would watch, you know, NASCAR races all the time. And he'd make me sit down and watch them and I'd be like, dad, they are driving in circles. What is this? You know? <laughs> and, and, and then he takes me to a race and I'm like, Oh, wow. Like, yeah. you know, 
it's, it's, there's ways to engage and do things. And I can talk about that too in a little bit, but it's, it's really, you know, honing on, on, you know, the folks that are my dad's age and bringing in a new audience that's a little bit younger. And it's, it's really a matter of targeting all of them in different ways. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Michael Jordan, I can talk a little bit about that. He came into the sport. Um, he announced last year at the end of 2020 that, um, he was going to co-own a team with another one of our drivers, Denny Hamlin. So Denny Hamlin drives for Joe Gibbs Racing, and he mm-hmm. has been sponsored by um, FedEx for the majority of his career. Um, and Denny and Michael are good friends. They're golfing buddies. They they play golf all the time. And during that time, um, and this is a story that Denny will tell, that um, during COVID, Denny played golf a lot. And he's like, oh, man, like, uh, is this what retirement is? Because I need something to do. he he called Michael and like kind of sort of joking was like hey man we need to start a team and Michael's like yeah get on it Uh, (laughs) that's really cool so they started this team and um they selected Bubba Wallace as their driver um Mm -hmm. who is the only African-American driver that we have in the sport um and they started a team called 2311 um which is Jordan's number and Mm -hmm. together Um, and you know, they're, they're doing okay. There's a lot of, there's a lot of bumps in the road, but with that, you know, comes Michael Jordan's brand, you know, the folks that follow Michael. So all those basketball fans are questioning, Hey, what's he doing? What is that? Maybe I'm interested. Maybe I'm not. Um, you know, then come some of the, the apparel choices, you know, he's, he's, they're now investing in, you know, kind of the Jordan brand and what some of those things look like. And how does that appeal to those who are into, you know, air Jordans and all that kind of stuff. So kind of targeting some of those fan bases as well and, and making sure they understand about the team and that they, um, you know, have an opportunity to see what Michael and Denny and, and Bubba are doing. And it's, it is a different audience to be frank. Like it really, it really is. And it's, it's a lot of stuff that maybe we haven't done um, as quickly and as often as we should have, but, you know, I think we're getting on the right track and we're, we're doing a lot of learning, um, lots of research in how to, in how to target diverse audiences. And it's been a, a total learning process. And there's a lot of things that we've, we've, you know, kind of tried to implement here and we're working on a lot in the coming, you know, coming months and coming years. So looking forward to it. Yeah. That's, I, I, I had a similar story about NASCAR and, you know, my belief of what the demographic was until we brought the tide ride back and I got to go to my first race and I was just like, Whoa. I mean, the energy that comes from the speed at which these guys are racing at is like mm. nothing. You can't it can't compare it to anything. And you can't go there and not just be like totally like this is an experience, like just from the speed to the the, the action of the, the pit crews. I mean, it's just like phenomenal. And the closeness you get too, and especially the proximity yeah. to the drivers and the mm-hmm. way that the drivers engage. I mean, that the psychographics there, like the energy. I mean, if you if you crave energy, if you crave like that one-on-one like fan experience with drivers. So the psychographic around that like familiarity and that and that like the humanity because all of them are really like developed as far as like not only talent as drivers, but also with regards to how that they engage um, with their communities and, and everything that they're passionate about. So there's definitely a psychographic behavior that I think NASCAR is really tapping into now that makes people like Jordan like and, and Pitbull like a wow, but like, oh, 
interesting. Yeah. Not like, mm-hmm. where did that come from? Yep. I mean, it's it's like, oh, well, these are sports lovers. These are people who enjoy speed. And like Pitbull has like, they're in a like top performance kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. so you're starting to kind of pull on those like psychographics that I think is going to really pull in a, a very comprehensive fan base you may not have tapped into before. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, and it's uh, it's it, we're gonna see how it all pans out, obviously. But um, you know, just talking about some of these fans, they're just they're so loyal. Like you know, people love Michael Jordan, and they're attached to him. You know, same thing with NASCAR as a whole. Like they tie themselves to a driver, tie themselves to the sport, and 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 they're usually set for life. So it's it's really a a, a matter of getting them involved, engaged, and usually that means getting them to the racetrack, which is absolutely do. Yeah. The next technique for defining and engaging your target consumer is to determine what your business needs to grow. So either more of the same or a new type of consumer. So let's first talk more of the same. So if you're doing well amongst a certain target already, your opportunity may be in reaching more of them by proliferating your marketing efforts. And I know, Jen, you have done this a lot, especially over the last couple of years, to draw in more of the same. And it probably is a little bit new, but a new type of consumer too. Can you speak more to what you guys have been doing? Yeah, we've been, we've been doing a lot actually. Um, you know, we, like I said earlier, we're we're trying to reach just wide ranging audiences. So, um, you know, even, even trying to reach kids, um, just the whole car, the cars franchise, Disney's cars. Mm -hmm. Um, we've been working really hard with, with those folks. And, um, you know, a lot of our drivers have voices in, in some of those, um, in some of those movies and there are, you know, collectible cars and, you know, just toys and things along those lines, um, for kids. So, you know, that's one example, um, you know, trying to reach, um, you know, men, the, the Netflix generation, that's like probably 18 to, I would say 36. We worked with Netflix and we had a, a show called The Crew um, mm-hmm. with James. So we had a, a number of drivers on that show. Um, so really trying to insert drivers in places where, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're reaching audiences that we want to be engaged in the sport. Um, so those are, those are two kind of examples. Um, another is you know, as of late, we've really been working with music artists um, to kind of help us with some, you know, pump up videos that that can be customized um, to to some of the drivers. So like over this this last few weeks, we've had our all star race and we worked with um, I think her name is Sweetie. Um, yeah, yep, Sweetie. <laughs> Am I getting it right? Got yep. it right. Yep, you did. She uh, she kind of re- we wrote, rewrote the words a little bit to her song. Um, and had that go out uh, via a few of our drivers leading into the all-star race. So Austin Dillon posted something, Ryan Blaney, um, and it was really just to get some engaging content and to reach fan bases that maybe we didn't before via our driver's channel. So um, those are a few ways we've kind of done a few different things to try to reach um, different types of consumers that we're interested in, in, in bringing into the sport. Yeah, that's interesting because that's yeah definitely um, falls into the the new type of consumer too. So you're yeah, even if you feel like there's still an opportunity to reach more of the same, it, it still might be time to consider a new target, which I think you guys have done very well. Especially if trying to get a little bit more to the fringe, like you would definitely have to rewrite Sweetie's words if you wanted uh, yeah. her <laughs> in a family friendly sports environment. But it's still like a different kind of person. It kind of makes you go, ah, interesting. What's yeah. going on here? 
But you're doing it in a way that you're not alienating your primary consumer still. It still might be things that they may or may not be engaged in, but still at the core, NASCAR is NASCAR. But you have yeah. done some also some really fun things. I remember like um, a couple of years ago, you changed up some of the courses, right? Like, so then you're yeah. starting to do some like um, some grass like driving on, in, in, and all those sorts of things and kind of changing the shapes and stuff like that, which was a great way of just getting more of like the same kind of like NASCAR enthusiast um, consumer to really engage maybe in more races um, or to come to more races. Is that right? If I recalling that right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you've got it. I think, you know, there's been a fan base that's been, you know, following the sport and attending races and watching um, for years and years and years. And, um, you know, some of the mentalities there were, okay, this is getting stale. Okay. Mm -hmm. Where personalities. Okay. You know, this is, getting boring. And again, not across the board, but that was just some mentality that we were kind of hearing. So yeah, we changed up our schedule a little bit. Um, you know, our, our schedule in general is, is different than every other sport. Our, I'm using air quotes too. Our Super Bowl is our first race of the year. Yep. Mm. <laughs> it's not the last. So the Daytona 500 is the first race and we kick off with that. And our championship ends in ends in November. So that was something we wanted to keep intact, but we really wanted to change up, um, you know, what the season looked like as a whole. So we've added a ton more, a ton more road courses. Um, whereas kind of in the past, we'd only go to, um, two, two road courses. We'd go to Watkins Glen up in New York and Sonoma out in California. Now we've had, you know, more road, road courses already this season than we've had, you know, in years combined. So we went to Daytona and ran a road course. We ran to Circuit of the Americas in Austin and Red Road Course. We've been to Sonoma. Um, we're adding Road America. Um, we had recently added one in Charlotte. We'll go to Watkins Glen. Um, so it's a format that um, I think has re-engaged a lot of fans that we've had that may have lapsed. Um, you know, they're, they're seeing a different format. They're seeing, you know, some of their favorite drivers you know, do something different that they haven't done before too. So um, I think that's been a, a huge change and, um, you know, all signs thus far are, are pointing toward that. So that, yes. And then also I think something you guys did phenomenally well, um, especially during the COVID time was um, the introduction of esports. And I thought that was just a phenomenal way to get, like continue to keep fans engaged, but also get a new fan. And I, um, her, you know, some of the stories um, from uh, some of the, the drivers that are traditionally really good on real courses weren't as good in the esports, <laughs> and so and yeah. so they were like they were they were struggling to compete. And um, now some of the younger guys who were like you know more attuned to the esports, and you know, some of the younger drivers were were beating the the you know the traditionally good drivers that were um, out on the on on the track. And so it started getting kind of their names out there, and then they were able to compete with um, fans and you know create kind of this more interactive environment. Can you speak more to that? Because I think that was just totally brilliant. Yeah, I can. So when when COVID hit, um, you know, we obviously had to stop racing, just like the rest of the world. Um, while we were stopped racing, we, we were thinking of two things. Okay, number one, we're a sport that can come back in a pandemic because theoretically the drivers aren't touching anyone, right? Like mm -hmm. everything should be okay. And the other was how do we keep something on TV <laughs> so that people are interested? And we've always had an, a relationship with iRacing. So in working with, at, at the time, it was, it was with Fox. Um, so Fox and FS1 were like, all right, let's create, you know, the eNASCAR iRacing Pro Invitational Series, and that would air on Fox and, and FS1. So 
ultimately we ended up doing six of those races and it, it, it ranked, um, the highest rated esports TV program of all time. Um, wow. with that, it also brought in 2 million unique viewers. These are people who never watched NASCAR before, like never, ever, ever. So you're bringing in a crowd that's number one, much younger, um, you know, they're probably in, interested in gaming and technology and those kinds of things, um, with hopes that maybe that translates to some of them coming to, you know, some races down the line. Um, and, you know, <laughs> you kind of mentioned some of the older guys having trouble with it and some of those more savvy, savvy drivers. Yeah. Some of them really just didn't like it. And some of the younger guys just loved it and, 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 and crushed it. Um, you know, there's, there's one driver, um, his name's William Byron, and that's how he got started in NASCAR. He was an iRacer. He <laughs> succeeded. Oh my gosh! He succeeded at iRacing. He was so good at iRacing. He eventually got a ride in our Truck Series. Uh, moved up from the Truck Series to the Xfinity, and now um, he drives. Um, he drives for Hendrick Motorsports. He drives the the twenty four car. He drives Jeff Gordon's old car. And oh my gosh, gosh. how fun is that? (laughs) So like he literally, it's 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 a technique that you know people people love. I honestly, transparently, had no clue how big iRacing was until we started doing this, and it's just it's mind blowing how much practice goes in. um, You know how many consumers actually participate. Um, how many brands get involved in it, um, just for the exposure alone. So, um, you know, it, it was something we had not planned on doing, um, and we had to do something that was the solution. And it's kind of carried over this year, the beginning of this year, we also, um, did a number of races um, on Fox. Um, our, our season got, got back to okay, but we still don't have practice in qualifying. So some of this racing takes the place of that. And we'll probably do a little bit of it here in the fall too. So it's something that's kind of carried over from COVID as well. So do you see fan segments breaking out by the different drivers? Like, so for example, if someone's really good at iRacing and they're younger, right? Does that draw then in a younger population plus people that are more into this iRacing? Like, are you able to see any learnings from that? Because I think it's really interesting that it's broadening its appeal with different applications that I think naturally people wouldn't think, oh, that's related to NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, we've started to see a little bit of that. Um, I think as, as we get back to like normal and and fans back and, and seeing some of these, these, these fans and groups of people, I think we'll probably see more of that through research too. Um, yep. it, it seems to make sense to me and it, it just the way it's gravitating. I, I think that's probably the way that it would go. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to totally change the fan experience too at the races, right? Because NASCAR is just known for having what some of the most tremendous fan experiences is what some people do because they'll stay there all weekend and see oh, yeah. all the the whole racing series because it's not everybody just thinks it's the one race, but it's actually multiple races um, multiple times. And so um, there's these like tremendous fan experiences. And now that you're kind of bringing in some of these, this younger crowd, I'm, I'm excited to see how these fans' experiences transform too to accommodate these these younger kids or a different demo, um, so, so, uh, psychographics being the same, but different demographics just to kind of continue to um, really prime them and, and, and juice this um, ability to uh, extend into this new consumer base. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, esports and sports betting. Sports betting is another big thing that's kind of happened over the last bit of time. Mm-hmm. It's really redefining, um, you know, how the whole fan engagement works, um, specifically with those new audiences. And then, you know, the, the second part of that really is, and you kind of hit on it. Um, you know, it's not like a one day thing. You don't just come to the game and 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 hang out and that's it. You know, people go and they spend, you know three days there in their camper or, you know, however they want to do it. Um, and I, I always tell people, you know, they, they joke, they're like, Oh, you're just going around in circles. I'm like, yeah, it's different on TV than it is when you go to the track. I was like, come with me to the racetrack. And I promise you will have a fun time. Once they get to the racetrack, they're like, Oh my God, best thing ever. <laughs> and want to keep going. And it's not just because, you know, it's cars driving fast, high, intense, but there's, there's just a lot of experiences when you get to that racetrack, you know, there's, there's things for people of all ages, all demographics, all different things to do. Um, and a lot of those things are, you know, run by sponsors. Um, and it's, it's things that people are interested in things that people are, are loyal to loyal about, um, and, and just provides a lot of, you know, entertainment and excitement for people once they with, once they ultimately get back to the track. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.